going to be reading Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him and endured on the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Thanks, Brandon. Today is a big day. It's a big day. Our Catholic sisters and brothers definitely know it pretty well. Us Protestants probably not as well. It's All Saints Day today, and, and there's a lot of confusion around this actually. And that's kind of an issue for us because I think when we're confused about something, we just tend to shut off, right? Like we go, this is too much. I don't want to deal with it. And I think that's an issue because this is important. Today is really important for our lives as, as individuals and as a community. I think it can add a richness and the depth to our spiritual journeys that I think a lot of us are looking for. How many of you are looking for more depth, for greater connection with God, for more love in your life, for more peace? I think this is part of that journey and part of that story if we're willing to open ourselves up to it. So I want to spend most of our time this morning giving some background and some context about all saints to help give us that clarity that we need in order to embrace this as a practice that's part of our spiritual rhythm and spiritual life. And then at the end of all this, I'm going to connect it with this idea of icons that we're actually going to be exploring throughout the month of November. So we'll briefly set the stage for that. And then in the coming weeks, we're really going to explore that idea more. So All Saints Sunday, contrary to what Jack may have told you, All Saints Sunday isn't where you go to church dressed up like your favorite saint. There's no Francis's here today or Mother Teresa's. Everybody's like, I don't know that many saints. I don't know too many more, right? You don't come in costume. That's not what it's about. Uh, there's actually a bunch of different things going on here around this date historically and culturally that we need to unpack if we're going to understand what this is. So my hope is at the end of, uh, uh, of our talk this morning, you, you'll have a much uh, greater depth of understanding here. So uh, all of this revolves around the date November 1st. Today's November 3rd, but November 1st is really important, and there's a backstory that even gets us to November 1st. So stick with me. We're going we're gonna, to uh, time travel back in history to really see what's going on and bring us into the present more deeply. So if we go back, time traveler hats on, we go back to the 4th century, the 4th century, so that's like the 300s, right? There's this famous preacher, his name's John Chrysostom. John Chrysostom, uh, they, he was said to have a golden tongue because he could speak so eloquently. He could speak for hours and engage the audience. 
like 50 TED Talks in a row and people would be engaged, right? Now our span is like 10 minutes, we're pushing it. He was like the Billy Graham or the MLK of the fourth century. And so every year on the first Sunday after Pentecost Sunday, and we're really getting into church history and the calendar here. So on the first Sunday after Pentecost Sunday, which is 50 days after Easter Sunday, so what time of the year, what month of the year would that put us in? Talk to me. May, June, right? So we're in May, June. Good. Okay, I want us to make sure because we're going to get, we got to get from May, June into November where we're at today, right? So May, June, he would give these sermons titled Praise of All the Holy Martyrs of the Entire World. And this was a really big deal. It's a Sunday that nobody wanted to miss. And what John would do is he would tell the stories of these martyrs. Uh, martyrs are those people who had held firm to the faith and the way of Jesus in the face of persecution to the point of death. They gave up their life. They're, they're martyrs for the way of Jesus. It was, important. it was dangerous. It was dangerous to be a Christian in the early years. I think we often forget that. For the first several hundred years, it was not easy to be. And so All Saints actually starts here with the martyrs. All Saints begins as All Martyrs Day in May or June, those 50 days after Easter. And then it starts to grow slowly and it starts to spread out. It's popular. People think this is an important thing that we should be doing. And then in the ninth century, so about 500 years later, it gets moved from May, June to November 1st, the day that we've been celebrating it for the past um, 11, 1,200 years. And uh, there's actually a really practical reason for this. I think we think with church stuff, it's all going to be like so holy. That, you know, it's like, oh, well, God said move the date, so they moved the date. That's not really how it worked. It was much more practical than this. There were so many people coming to Rome for this celebration that they were having a hard time feeding all of the pilgrims. Because Pentecost was a celebration of the, of the first harvest of the season. And then you'd be harvesting throughout spring and summer, right? And like, we don't have enough food just after the first harvest. We need to put this at the end of the harvest season. Hence, November 1st, in order for us to be able to accommodate all the people that are coming. And I love this so much. This is an important point. The church is like, we're in the business of making sure that people are fed. So worship can get moved around. Our rituals can get moved around. They're not set in stone. The most important thing, the thing that doesn't get moved around in the life of the church is caring for the least of these, for feeding people who are hungry, for caring for bodies and souls that are in need. That is the point of worship. We have all these rituals and traditions. We worship, we sing. We need Jesus because Jesus points us to and leads us to this life of deep service and commitment to both God and others. God doesn't say, just love me. God says, love God and love your neighbor. So dates, specifics, traditions aren't as important as actually taking care of people. And I think that's such an important lesson. That's the point of worship. It's why we do it. So as this was going on, as this day is gaining in popularity, it gets moved in dates. We have something else going on. There's a lot 
less and less martyrs in the world. And so they're like, we need to expand the scope of this day since we don't have as many martyrs anymore. And so they expand it to include the other saints as well. And a quick note here on the word saints. This is important because I think we bring a lot of baggage to all these things. We hear saints and we typically jump to this official Catholic idea about what saints are, right? It's like, I can't name that many of them. I don't know. Maybe they look like something in these pictures here, right? There's something old. We're not actually so connected to them. But here's the deal. Paul, whenever he was writing to the first Christians in his letters, he would most often address his letters to all the saints in whatever city he was writing to, to all the saints in Rome, to all the saints in Corinth, to all the saints in Ephesus. That's how Paul addressed all of the first Christians. If you were following in the way of Jesus, you were called a saint. That's what it is to be a saint. The Greek word is hagioi. It just means holy ones the holy ones. It's not even a special moral term, right? We hear holy and we think, oh, that means you have this moral perfection. That's not what it was about. To be holy just meant that you were set apart from the regular community of the world and you were set into this community that's following Jesus. You're set apart into this community of Jesus and trying to love God and love your neighbors well. That's all it meant. That's what saints and holiness is all about. But the Catholic Church in history, they kind of retain this distinction between saints in an official capacity and uh, everyone else. And I think they really forgot Paul. They forgot the scriptures on this. But things keep expanding despite this distinction, right? I think that's what the Spirit of God does. Spirituality expands us beyond these limitations that we're going to put up. So in the 11th century, so 4th, 9th, 11th century, there's this abbot, Abbot St. Adillo of Cluny. That's a pretty awesome name. And an abbot is just the, the head monk. He's the boss of a monastery. And so Abbot Odillo is like, we need to honor and remember not just the official saints, but we need to remember everybody. So he's like, we're going to make November 2nd a big deal as well. We're going to have this be a day of all the departed ones. This catches on, it grows, and it becomes All Souls Day. All Souls Day. And so we have two days. We have November 1st, which is All Saints, and then November 2nd, which is All Souls Day. And they become the center of the Christian practice of remembering everybody that have gone before us in the journey of faith. So I want to touch quickly on just a couple of more things before saying why I think all of this matters, and it does matter. So for us as Methodists, to be clear, we draw together All Saints and All Souls Day into one worship experience, one Sunday called All Saints Day, and we just have it on the first Sunday instead of sticking with November 1st and 2nd. We have it on the first Sunday in November and that's because it fits the rhythm of our like worship and life together. If we were in another context and culture, you know, everybody would get the day off, no matter what day of the week it is. You know, everybody would be down at the cemetery tending the graves and whatnot. We don't live there; it's not part of our rhythm and life. That's why we just go with, you know, 
November 3rd as opposed to November 1st and November 2nd. So there's really a ton of cool traditions that are related um, to these two days. Uh, the one that we're all familiar with now because of the Disney movie Coco. You've all seen Coco, right? Yeah. If you have not, that's your homework. Go home, watch Coco. It's a great film. Um, and we, we see sugar skulls now everywhere. It's just a pretty cool aesthetic, right? So we're pretty familiar with the Mexican tradition of Dia de los Muertos. And so this is kind of confusing. We're like, oh, it's Day of the Dead. Um, but it's actually three days. It should be called like Days of the Dead, we would think. It starts with All Hallows' Eve, October 31st, and it runs through All Souls' Day on November 2nd. So um, that's one tradition. You know, it's beautiful. Altars are built. Um, marigolds, which we have on our, our offering tables today, are symbolic flower within that uh, whole tradition. And so um, that's one tradition. And it's really about sort of remembering your family, right? You build your family's altar. Um, and then All Hallows' Eve is October 31st. That's Halloween, right? Uh, we're going to set that aside. That's a whole different development. That's out of the Celtic tradition uh, over in Europe. And it's a lot less connected to the All Saints, All Souls type of stuff. We can go into that after if you want to talk to me. Um, so there's also a lot of All Saints and All Souls customs in different parts of the world beyond Dia de los Muertos. Uh, people all over the world take time to visit and care for the graves of loved ones, and they leave candles burning in the cemeteries all night long. They'll be there for worship. The pastor or priest will come and, and pray over those who have departed recently. Um, and in Poland, there's actually this tradition where... Um, They'll, on All Souls Day, they'll have a huge meal, big family meal, and you'll set plates, the biggest, best plates uh, for people who are departed, for loved ones that have gone before us, and that seat will sit empty. And then what you do is you actually take that food and you share it and you give it to those in need in the community. In Hungary, they have a, another tradition. They actually... Uh, take All Souls Day to either invite orphans into their homes or to go to the orphanage, and they'll have these big feasts. They'll give gifts. They'll give toys, and it's really oriented around caring for these children that don't have families. And so there's an important connection here when you start looking into these traditions. The practice of worship, these rituals and traditions that are remembering the departed are connected with practices of caring for the least of these. And this is part of why this all matters, why it's worth leaning more deeply into All Saints Day. Remembering well, remembering well isn't simply dwelling on things past. It's not about missing something that's what mourning is for, and mourning is important, and we have other rituals that we use for that. But remembering well is actually about recognizing what's still here, what's still with us, what's been placed into our lives as a gift from those who've gone before us. It's about moving us forward in ways that are faithful and loving. The love that we've received, it always comes before us. And remembering is actually about taking that love 
holding it, caring for it, saying yes to that love that we've received, that gift of life that we've received, we receive it in order that it might then flow through us in order that we might love well those who are going to come after us. We remember well as a way to let love and life flow through us. And that's why we need to do these practices. And that's where I think Disney's Coco comes up a little bit short. It limits it to, it says it's all about family. This is all about remembering family and loving your family. That's important. That's important. But if we're doing that well, who's Jesus's family? Jesus says, who's my, who, who's my mother? You know, when they bring his mother. Who's my brother? Who's my sister? And he expands it to everybody. He says the whole community of the world is my family because God is father and we are all children. We are, are, are all part of this family. And so remembering well opens up our families. Our altars should push us out. Our remembering should push us out to care, especially for the least of these, for those that are hurt and broken. That's what our worship should be doing for us so for me like my great aunt ruth is someone who i remember as someone who was deeply faithful who loved god and lived in the way of jesus and my great aunt ruth loved me dearly my grandma died when i was really young and so ruth was like my grandmother i would go over to her house after school she would pick me up she would take me on walks. We would walk by this apartment, have this koi pond, and I would look at the fish. She always kept my favorite snacks at the house. When she was in her late 70s, she was out playing football with me because I loved football as a little boy. She was like 78, 79, throwing the football back and forth with me. She loved me well, and she prayed for me, and she prayed with me. She taught me how to pray. She poured into me all this love, not just so I can feel loved, but so that I can love my children well. I can love my children's children well. And I can love their friends. And I can love all the children of God well. That's why I remember my great Aunt Ruth, because she loved me so well, and that helps me to love others well. So take that love that you've received and let it pour through you. Remember, remember. And our scripture today talked about the great cloud of witnesses that point us toward Jesus. So we have to look back on all of these witnesses, those who've lived and loved and journeyed faithfully, and we have to let them point us in that direction, orient us toward the way of Jesus in the world. That grandmother that prayed for you every single night, did that not just so you would be saved, not just that your soul would go to heaven, not just so you would be okay or have like a good life where you could have the toys and things that you like, but she did that in order that you might be holy like her and pray for those who will come after you. So remembering is actually how we come into this great choir of saints that sang before us, Holy, holy, holy is God. And that will sing after us, holy, holy, holy. This remembering awakens us to God's presence. That's why all saints is important and we need to remember well. Not just today, but always. This is just one 
focal point, but we need to always be remembering this well. And when this happens, our memories are transformed just from nice thoughts or ideas or images of the past into these things that we will, we're going to call icons. And icons are those images that point us beyond themselves to something deeper. So we have this image here in our series graphic. It's just an image. It's just a picture or whatever off the internet or that some guy painted a long time ago. But it becomes an icon for us when we realize that it shows us God as this community of persons that's inviting us to a table that's at the center of things into this relationship. And the longer we sit with images like this, with stories and saints before us and let them inform us, the richer they become. So in the coming weeks, we're going to sit with images that are going to take us deeper. And I want to end with this, which is my hope. My hope is that we would take notice of what we're looking at, the stories that we're listening to, what we're remembering, what we spend our time dwelling on our thoughts, because that changes how we live. And my hope is that we will dwell on the lives of the saints, all God's holy ones, on all those things that are holy and beautiful and good in order that we might pour that into the world. That's the life of the Spirit. Let's pray. God, we thank you for all these saints and holy ones that have gone before us, the saints and holy ones that sit among us those that will come after us, God. We want to receive love. We have received love poured by you into the saints and into our lives. I pray that it will flow through us, open us up, that our love might be poured out lavishly into the world in things like grace and forgiveness and truth and beauty. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.